Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. This is a weekly podcast about the Camino de Santiago, a series of ancient pilgrimages that culminate at the remains of Christ's Apostle St. James at Santiago de Compostela in northwest Spain. The Spanish call St. James Santiago. The Camino de Santiago is the way of St. James. And I've just returned from the Camino. I'd like to begin this week by thanking you all for your support. Last week's very self-indulgent one-hour summary of my walk went ballistic, downloaded all over the world, and comments from people saying they loved it. It makes your humble correspondent very proud and very happy. The Camino provides. I suppose it's no surprise I'm still on a high after almost two weeks back from walking from Lourdes to Santiago de Compostela. But there's an old saying, travelling, it leaves you speechless, then turns you into a storyteller. Well, my guests this week are Scott and Belinda Ford. They're Australian pilgrims who live in New Zealand. We became great mates, not through a common bond in our origins, but because we love to hear one another's stories. Travelling leaves you speechless, then turns you into a storyteller. So let's tell some stories. Belinda and Scott Ford are on the line from Wellington, New Zealand. Hola, pilgrims. Hola. G'day, Dan. How are you? I'm very well. It's so good to hear your voices. I'm going to start with you, Belinda. Let's go right back to the very start. How did you guys first hear about the Camino de Santiago? I read an article in a magazine, I'm sure, or a newspaper about five years ago. um, And It just captured my imagination. The idea of being off the grid, sort of, as you'd say, um, for a month and just walking was really um, appealing to me. So I dragged Scott over and asked, would he be willing to do it? Um, And, yeah, we just we watched the, the movie The Way and it kind of inspired a bit more vision of what what was to come and and we picked a date and that was the plan. And so you decided to head off on the trip of a lifetime. But Belinda, you turned 40 midway through the walk. What did it mean what what did it mean to you to reach that milestone on such an epic adventure? That was that was the date we chose. Um I felt that it's, it is a milestone, and, and this was going to be an adventure of a lifetime for us. So they, we kind of just thought that the two would tie together really nicely. Um, and, yeah, we just thought, let's do it. And, Scott, did you get a sense then of something very special, walking with Belinda heading to the 40th? Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was great just to, um, you know, spend basically every minute of the day together um we've, we've done it in the past when we uh, lived and worked in the uk and um we we worked together and just you know spending all day together and it was the same doing it again this time just yeah loved the time even the uh even the silences you know, they, they weren't uncomfortable but we had silences and that was all part of it as well. And it was just a fantastic time together. You, you know, it's interesting. We walked together from time to time. And can I say to you both, you are walkers who take everything in. You're stopping for every picture. You're picking flowers. One even ended up on my backpack. <laughs> and you walked to savour every moment, didn't you? I've, I have here written um, in my notes, 
um, from the time I walked with you. Scott and Belinda, slow tourists. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was that was all all part of the plan too. I guess we didn't want to we didn't want to rush things. We just wanted to take our time and basically stop and smell the roses. And um, yeah, we we found ourselves physically doing it from from time to time and um, and just trying to take in every every bit of it. We, we were chatting about it just before, and Belinda said it was sort of like a a whole day's meditation. You just slow down, um, take in your surroundings, listen to the sounds um, of nature and also the sounds of silence when you're when you're there and you just try and take it all in and, and not miss anything. And we, we found your your senses are, are heightened to the simple things again. And, um, and that was the part that we loved. Let me ask you then, and I'll ask, I'll throw this to both of you. Are you or were you spiritual people? Did you know what to expect? Did you know of the spiritual aspect of the Camino de Santiago? We'd, we'd read, you know, that it does have that effect on you. Um, and we're not overly spiritual people, but we were very open to the experience. And I think that noticing the small things was part of the whole pairing everything back and not worrying about work and, you know, the daily stresses of life. And I think that that for us was was something that that became part of our Camino. Yeah, and, and, and when I say you put a flower in my backpack and, Scott, you said just now we stopped to smell the roses, it was a rose that you put <laughs> in my backpack. I think we were leaving Astorga, I think. I think it, it was, was it yeah. was leaving Astorga and it, it was, was a nice Yeah, it was pink. It was a nice pink one. <laughs> it was pink. And I you know what? It, it because uh and I told the yep. story last week of getting food poisoning in Astorga. I was walking very slowly that day. And so it cheered me up no end. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But let's go back a bit. Let's go back a bit. Let's go back a bit. Um, Questions for people who are listening, who are thinking of going. Did you guys train before you left? Yes, we trained a lot. And Wellington is a very hilly city. So we thought it was perfect. Um, We trained for a good six months before we came over. Um, I found that it was, you know, training was, was hard and, and, and that sort of thing. But I don't think anything can prepare you for what you walk through on the Camino. Yeah. And so did you – well, let me just ask you that then, Belinda. Did you find it harder than you expected it to be? A lot harder. Way harder than I expected. Yeah. I think it's the accumulation of days – you know, you can go out and walk 30 kilometres, no problem. But normally at home, you'd have a week before you did it again. And I think that's the day after day after day. Um, the terrain doesn't necessarily be hard, need to be hard, but it, it's just the accumulation of days of walking. Then let me ask you this then. And Scott, perhaps I could ask you, um, if I was to ask you what is more difficult, the mental side of it or the physical side of it? If it's the day after day that you found difficult, what is more difficult, the mental or the physical? Um, I think it was the the physical side of it. You know, like Belinda said, we we did you know a fair bit of training and 
and that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, you were, you know, we, we ended up with some, you know, pretty decent injuries, um, sort of a third of the way in and you sort of, you're trying to, you're trying to battle those. The, um, the mind is, is keen to, to keep going and, and you want to, um, you want to achieve your goal and, and make it to the end. And, um, but sometimes physically you just, you, you couldn't do it. You had to, you had to slow down, you had to stop, you had to take a rest. Um, I think we ended up walking 15 days before we actually took a rest day. And it wasn't until you actually take that rest day, you realize how bad you needed that, that rest day. And, um, but yeah, like like I said, it's the the physical side was a lot harder. You could you could keep going if you wanted to, but if you if your legs uh, and your feet, which obviously play a big part when you're walking, um, don't want to don't want to play anymore, then um, you know you've you've got that battle. But, um, it, it, well, yeah, let, let's all, let's all touch part on of it. yeah, it is all part of it. Let's touch on that then, uh, because I had a very strict uh, timetable. I had to be in Santiago on a certain date, so I wasn't able to take a day off. But you guys did, didn't you? And really, I think, Scott, in your, in, in your case, you really listened to your body, didn't you? You said, no, no more. And it, it meant that I was a couple of days ahead of you in the end because I would have loved to have walked into Santiago with you. But you said, no, I, I, the body needs a rest. You were listening to the body and taking notice, weren't you? Yeah, you, you sort of had to in the end. Um, you know, we we were listening to one of your earlier podcasts where you're talking about the uh, strength of the medication that they have in yeah. Spain, yeah, yeah. which is uh, a bit more potent, a bit more helpful um, when you, when you're doing something like this. And, but, but in the end, you know, you can have all the painkillers and stuff that you like, but deep down, you know, that you're, you could be doing some, you know, possibly irreversible damage or, you know, or an injury that's going to take a long time to recover. And um, so in the end, you know, we sort of pulled up short on a couple of days and then um, sort of had to try and make the most of a, of a whole day break. And, uh, and I think, yeah, you have to, you have to listen to your body because, you know, you've got to carry it and it's trying to get you there. So you, you've got to work together. Let's, let's, let's talk uh, homework. Did you do a lot of research before you went, Belinda? Yeah. I did loads. I, I did loads and loads and loads. And I think that it it prepared us for what to expect, but it's not until you're actually there and experiencing it that it it um, it kind of comes together. Uh, you can read everything and you can watch YouTube videos and everything like that, and it will prepare you for what you might be eating or what your costs might be, those sort of things. However, you know, um, your, your body and your mind are the ones that you're dealing with on, at the time. So, yeah, I don't think it – I think it helps, you know, with the materialistic side of it, but not obviously the mental and physical side of it. It was, it was a kind of bit like chalk and cheese because – and I tell my listeners, when I walked with Scott and Belinda, I had no idea of what I was doing. And I would often <laughs> say to them, where are we going? What are we doing? And did you – you had a, like an app, didn't you, Belinda? I did. I had a Camino app. Rather than taking a book, I took an app just so that I didn't have to carry a book. So what was... And the app... Yeah. Do you remember the, the name of had, it? Um, Wise Pilgrims was one of them. Mm-hmm. And that was an 
are great at for the elevation profile and for things like accommodation. It told me about albergues, hotels, and you could book through it. And then the other one I had was actually um, E Camino, and it's based on the John Brearley book. So it was based on the stages of, of, of it if you chose to do to do it by stages. So one was basically non-staged and the other one was staged. So it kind of just gave us a, an idea of where we were heading and then when we got there, where we might stay. Yeah, and and does does the app review accommodation? Does it give like three stars, two stars, one stars? Does it tell you where you should and shouldn't um, stay? No, it doesn't, but it does give you small tips. Like it right. might say, oh, place will give you tea and bikis when you arrive or mm. – um, you know, the, it, it has washing machines. It has this many beds. A lot of it was down to how many beds the apps, uh, the albergues had that we would check, so that you know, if we were getting in somewhere late, we'd try and go for somewhere with lots of beds. If we get somewhere early, we'd go with somewhere with less beds. Did you at any stage, because I said earlier you were slow tourists, did at any <laughs> stage you panic that you may not get a bed, and did you ever miss out? We got the very last two beds in Ronsevaya oh. and there would have been 50 people behind us. Um, then after that, <laughs> we didn't panic. We spoke to uh, the lady that ran our gate in Saint-Jean said that the Spanish are fantastic and they will never let you sleep on the streets. They will always help you to either find somewhere else to stay. They will always call you a taxi if you need it to get to the next town. So we never worried too much, but we did find those first few days we were keeping a good pace to make sure that we did get somewhere. Because I know from Roncesvalles to Zubiri, I wrote in my notes, the pilgrim gift, because it was like a Mm -hmm. race um, to get to Zubiri to try and get the beds. And as it turned out, we, we got beds easily, but there were a lot of people being turned away. Did you think it was busier than you anticipated? Did you think there was more people? Than you Way thought more. They would, yeah. yeah. We thought that the summer holidays of Europe had been finished, so therefore it would be uh, a little quieter and we didn't think that we would ever have to fight for a bed or rush or anything like that. So it was busier. But I think that some of that comes down to the pilgrim age. That I found that there was a lot more older people doing it who had the time and kind of chose the month with the best weather and I think that that's added to the amount I didn't expect that when we and when we arrived that's very interesting um, was, yeah yeah that's very interesting that's right well we we began uh first first couple of days of September so that's right yes yeah. so that's yeah. the yeah so the beginning of the fall yeah let's let's talk all things Camino people including me talk about the energy of the Camino Scott, can I ask mm-hmm. you, did you feel it? Can you explain it? Um, yeah, I, I guess it's, um, you know, first couple of days I was looking everywhere for energy and, um, <laughs> you know, and it, it's, it's not until you sort of get into the swing of things and after, you know, four, five, six days, you you, you sort of wake up in the morning, you Yep, this is it. I'm I'm ready to go. I've got all my gear. I've I've had a bit of breakfast now. Let's let's crack on. You know, I want to get started. Let's um, you know, let's start pounding the pavement and you know walk some kilometres for the day. And and you and you did. And you had that um, 
you know, bit of inspiration and, and that sort of thing and, and the different people you met as as well. You know, you talk to someone who's who's been sick or or something like that, you know, and you you get that little bit of inspiration and you know, talking to people as to why they're why they're doing their Camino and, you know, that would also give you, you know, the energy and, and inspiration to to sort of keep going and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, you you definitely did you know, you you did find something. It's you know, it, it is it, it's hard to explain but you know, I, I think there yeah, there is just something about it yeah. that um does give you that inspiration and inspires you to sort of yeah, keep at it and go. Then then let me ask you this. We got on famously, the three of us, and what of the camaraderie? It's 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 fantastic, isn't it? The camaraderie of being pilgrims. It's amazing. It's a, it's that nobody cares who anybody is, what they do. It's you're all pilgrims, and you're all walking the same path. And and everyone is there to inspire and encourage and help. As you said, the Camino provides. Everybody helps everybody. Nobody would ever let anybody be left on the side of the trail. It's a, it's, it is, like Scott said um, while we were walking, he said it's like being in the army where you're, you've got that, that strong bond because you're all in the same boat. It's very true. Mick McQueen, with whom I spoke on six weeks ago, I guess now, or maybe even two months ago, he said exactly the same thing. So I'm going to ask you both in, a, in one sentence. I'll start with you, Belinda. What would you say to someone yep. thinking of going? Just do it. <laughs> and Scott, <laughs> Scott? Yeah, uh, pack your bag, do a bit of research and just just go. Now, Belinda, yeah. I'm going to ask you this now. What would you say to mm-hmm. a couple who are thinking of doing it? Because it's not, I don't know that it would be for every couple getting up every day and walking 25 plus Ks together. What would you say to no. a couple thinking of doing it? You have to be the best of friends to be able to get through something like this together. Um, Scott and I have been together for 20 years and we are the best of friends and we found that we really enjoy each other's company and if you don't enjoy each other's company, it's really probably not for you. Um, But if you do, it was a great experience. We probably didn't have that thinking time that people who do it alone have because we would chat and you know we always had somebody with us but um yeah I mean if you get on well definitely do it it brings it would bring you closer I would think I remember staying in a I'll say a pretty scungy alberga (laughs) and running into you guys on the street and I said oh this place we're staying is a disaster and you you said oh we've got the most beautiful hotel room it's so lovely. We've got our own shower. <laughs> I remember thinking, dang, I should be doing it with my wife. Yeah. But so, we, um, so you did sometimes, didn't you, yeah. step outside the pilgrim experience and, and spoiled yourselves from time to time? When we got to a big city or we just needed that space or a shower that was longer than three minutes, um, <laughs> we would stay we would stay in a a hotel or we would stay in just a double room or a twin room, something that, you know, you just could shut the door and not hear the snoring. So, um, yeah, 
for us, we weren't on the tightest of budgets. Some pilgrims are, I suppose. So we'd, we'd set that into our budget that we could stay in a hotel maybe once a week. And, and we, when we got the opportunity, we took it. Yeah, yeah. Scott, what about your packs? Uh, how much did they weigh? And did you carry them each day or did you send them on? Uh, I think when we left Belinda's, it was about six and a half kilos and or well, six and a half to seven kilos, and she pretty much maintained that. Um, mine started at just under just under eight, and by the time I finished, it was about ten and a half. Oh! Because I have this uncanny ability just to be able to buy all sorts of rubbishy souvenirs and and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> What about the tambourine? Um, the tambourine wasn't rubbish, nor was the kazoo. No, no, I still love the kazoo. Well, actually, my daughter's my daughter's nicked the kazoo. And she's uh, yeah, she's annoying the hell out of us with it every every couple of days. So, 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 did you carry them each day, or did you send the packs on? Uh, we we carried them most of the time. When when the injuries started to set in, and again, just listening to your body, and you're thinking, look. This extra weight, it's obviously not doing, you know, the best for my, for my knee, for my ankle, for my shin, my, my Achilles tendon. Um, didn't do the best for Linda's um, plantar fasciitis with a swelling of the tendon and a foot. And so we, we wanted to keep walking. And the only way we could do it on some of those days was to offload the backpacks. And, um, you know, there was, I think it was Jacko Trans was one of the main companies. You know, you just put five euros in an envelope, strap it to your pack, leave it in the foyer of the, of the albergue with a destination on it. And you started walking. And when you got to your destination that day, there's your pack sitting there waiting for you. And it was, I, I guess it was some sort of, you know, medication and, and relief um, for your injuries. So, you know, we... We, we, we didn't want to not finish it because of injuries and we thought, you know, what the hell, let's just get rid of these packs so we can, we can keep walking and that's, and that's why we did it. Let me ask you then about the injuries and the physical challenge of the Camino. Uh, are they, were they injuries you took there? Um, first question, were they injuries you took there? The second is when you talked about an Achilles, Scott, did you injure the Achilles or did it develop pain? Um, tell us about your injuries. Let's start with you, Belinda. Okay, so I went perfectly healthy and fine and obviously having trained quite a lot, um, I got plantar fasciitis on about day three or four um, and basically it was just from overuse. Right. Um, So it felt like I had a golf ball embedded in the bottom of my foot. Oh. And I walked, um, I'd walk it off for about eight kilometres and then it would feel well enough that I wasn't limping anymore and then I'd finish my day. Um, and it was about, I had it for probably a week and then I Googled how to strap it and I strapped it and it, and it came okay, but it, I got it back again in the end and I still have it. Um, but um, I think that you find that you, even though you're prepared for this walk, it's just that whole you know, scenario of when you're there, you you don't know what you're going to get and, and you just deal with it as you go. Scott, what about you? Um, yeah, I was, I, same as Belinda. You know, we both went there um, fit and healthy and um, and just, 
you know, started walking and then my my right leg, uh, ankle and lower leg was the, the first to sort of go. Uh, you could you could feel it down through your shins, around the side mm. of, your, of your leg, just above yeah. the ankle and then into the Achilles tendon. And, you know, you're starting to worry about that because if you if you do Achilles tendon, then, you know, you could be out of commission for, for months. And um, so my, my right leg... That came right. Then the left leg thought it wanted to have a go, <laughs> and, and so um, yeah, same same pain, same injuries, um, and then with about probably ten days to go, um, I started to get the pain right up the front of the shins, and did the old Google self-diagnosis, and you know which you, you never really want to do, but we had to sort of find out what we had so you could try and medicated or, or strap for it or do anything you could do and um and it, and it turns out I, I was starting to get shin splints and um it's the most painful thing I've, I've ever had as, as part of an injury but you know again with the, the help of the Spanish medication and um you know a, a couple of cold cervezas at the end of the day you sort of cracked up kept going and you, you just had to have a few more regular breaks. Um, I used to just slow my pace down a bit and Belinda would sort of walk ahead, be chatting with someone. But, you know, every few minutes I'd look up and, you know, see a gorgeous face looking back at me, no. just making sure I was still going and still all right and just give her a wave and off she'd go again. And I'd just keep trudging along until, you know, every, every now and then it would come right and the, and the pain had sort of go down a bit. So... You'd uh, you'd get the pace back up again, and and um, yeah, you just try and you know a bit of medication or um, creams or anything you could do to try and relieve the pain, and um, yeah, and just keep going. This is the only thing you do, Dan. That you sit on the side of the track, you patch yourself up, and then you keep going. If you were injured at home, you'd rest. Yeah, but you, it's not an option on this. It's it's all about it's part of the experience. So you just deal with your injuries yeah. and you keep going. Okay, so here we are. So, yeah, here we are two weeks later. Are you in any pain, Scott? Uh, I, I noticed something the other day. Oh, it must have only been two days ago. We'd just been down the road doing the doing the grocery shopping and we got a flight of stairs and I sort of came in and I was carrying a few bags in each hand and as I was going up the stairs, I, I could I could feel the, um, the, the left leg sort of, just, just reminding me how much fun it had on the computer. <laughs> what about you, Belinda? Yeah, I'm still strapped and still in pain. <laughs> right, right. And on my feet all day, so um, I'm just just managing it as best I can. Yeah, yeah. I had an ankle problem coming out of Leon, and Belinda helped me, well, nursed me back to the way. <laughs> and it was a magic afternoon in Via Mazarif. Now, let me ask you, yeah. Belinda, did we sing Happy Birthday that night? Well, you did. Did in you front get on, of everybody? Did you get on a chair? <laughs> I did get on a chair. On the chair. On the on chair. The chair. On, the... on the chair. And then seventy-year-old Ed got on the chair. I saw him the yeah. next day. He did. It, yeah. It was. It was just absolutely fantastic. There's an old saying: "Jobs fill your pocket, adventures fill your soul." So now you're home. You're back at work. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to answer the same question. How are you both coping? 
It's, uh, it's slowly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got to, yeah, it's, it's been, been a, been a long time and you're, you're away from it all. Um, you know, I, 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 I work in health and safety and it's, you know, it can be pretty, pretty full on, pretty serious stuff. Um, and, and to not have to worry about any of that sort of stuff for, you know, nearly eight weeks, it's, it's just fantastic. And, um, so having to sort of flick that switch and, and get back onto work, you know, it's, um, yeah, it'll, it'll probably take me take me the week to get back into into the swing of things, but um, you know, it's just one of those things you have to you have to do. I'm like you, Dan. I'm still on a high from it, and I um, and I love to talk about it. And you get all the questions, and you'll happily sit and and chat for hours. But reality does hit, and you do have to get back into the routine. And and we left our kids behind. We had to come back yeah. and um, and and go back to being a parent and cooking and cleaning and doing all that stuff. So it's automatic, but it's, it's quite, it's quite difficult as well. Just to, I noticed today, even at work, just how much I'm starting to think about things again. And, and, and I quite miss that, um, that sense of being in the present. That's really well, that's, it's perfectly put Belinda, perfectly put because being, being, and it is very indulgent, very, and in many ways selfish. You go away there for all yeah. those weeks, you're in the middle of Spain, in the middle of nowhere, and you think, I don't have anything to worry about. I don't have anything to think, yeah. I don't have anything to think about. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, really, there are very few people who have the opportunity to say that um, even once or twice, you know, let alone every single day for for weeks on end. I mean, it's ridiculous. But it is something that you try to maintain, don't you? Try to remain, try to keep that centering of the the soul, the balance as much as you possibly can. We're pilgrims and that's what we try to do. I'm I'm going to mention for the record with both of you, our friend Katie, who walked with us for a few oh. days, maybe a week or so with me. It all blends yeah. into one. What a magic soul. We were so blessed to have her with us, weren't we? We were. We took her under our wing and, and we walked for a really awesome 10 days with her and and she was just a beautiful soul. She really was. And she, for us to, to take somebody on board for, you know, as a couple and make a threesomes kind of thing was, was really nice to, um, to share, you know, everyone's thoughts. And, and, and we noticed that she started to see the small things like we did, you know, and she slowed down and, and it was really nice to see that through somebody else's eyes. And we met in Via Mazarif and, Sitting in that that front garden there, with under the trees, and it was just a beautiful day. What a lovely yeah. soul! And if uh, Katie, if you're listening, buen camino to you. So, Belinda, let me ask you. This is a very difficult question yeah. here. A favorite moment on the Camino? My favorite thing was the sunrises um, and walking up from Castajeros to the top of the hill was probably my favourite sunrise um, of the walk. 
I think that was that was a really magic morning for us. Scott, to you, a favourite moment on the Camino? Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd I'd have I'd have to agree with with Belinda. Um, you know, she's she's the reason why my heart beats, and you know, she basically is is my sunrise every day. And to be able to just you know start walking just before sunrise, you know, you can see it coming up behind you. The shadows are getting longer, and you just stop, take the time, turn around, and just sit there and watch the sunrise come up and just the start of a a new day in in the most beautiful environment with your with your best friend you know and to be able to do that day in day out that was that that was my favorite thing and and my favorite time of the day fantastic what a great answer i thought you were going to say the six beers for five euros in arges yeah. Oh, that's a that's, that's a close second <laughs> so so let me ask you both will you go back yeah yeah not 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 straight away <laughs> but um yeah we definitely, we, we definitely would we would go back and and do it again um not necessarily the the same the same camino uh we we've spoke to a few other people spoke to Jasper about the uh the northern route yeah and um you know and that that sounds you know that sounds pretty good as well um we looked at the um portuguese route we could do that with the children and um so. yeah the, you know the kids could tag along this time and uh it's not as far i think it was only about 10 days or something so you know a bit of a challenge for them but you know that's what life's all about yeah yeah and, and so let me just ask you then how will you describe it to people wondering what you did can i begin with you belinda how would you describe it to people it's all you it's all about um just walking eating sleeping and in just taking the whole thing in it's i found it really like a meditation and and i think that it's the way to see the true heart of a country um the spanish people in the smallest of villages you know would go out of their way to help you and it's it's a real life-changing experience i think it's um, it's a once-in-a-lifetime trip, you know, and, and I think that even if you did it again, it would be different. So, you know, I think it's a very rewarding trip. Scott, how would you describe it to people wondering what you did? Um, it's, it's one of those things that's it's hard to describe. It was, uh, you, you can tell someone, oh, yeah, we put our backpacks on and, and walked for 25Ks through the countryside. It was fantastic. And they sort of... Oh yeah, wow, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool, you know, and and you can see a, a, a small level of excitement and that and that sort of stuff, and some people would be really keen to to hear more, and um, but I, I, was, I was thinking about it before and I sort of describe it. Um, oh, years ago, Belinda and I went to the states, and we sat on the rim of the Grand Canyon. Or Belinda did; she was dangling her legs over the rim of the Grand Canyon, and I was sort of sitting back, um, trying to convince her. <laughs> And um, and to to stand there and look over the the vastness of of nothing, of the Grand Canyon, it's it's hard to explain that to someone that hasn't been there and sat on the rim of the Grand Canyon and seen it themselves. And I sort of find that 
trying to explain what the Camino is like to someone that hasn't experienced the Camino. They, they're not going to get the full impact of what it can do and, until they do it or until they see it. You know, it's tough for me because I can't help thinking I could go back tomorrow. And it draws mm. me back because of the people, people like you two. And you were so generous when I was injured. You were generous in support of my music. You were generous with spirit and soul. And I know our paths will cross again. In fact, I look forward to the day. So congratulations on what you were able to achieve. And Godspeed to both of you. Thank you for sharing your journey with me and my listeners. Uh, Belinda and Scott Ford, my guests this week, pilgrims from Australia living in New Zealand who have just been on the journey of a lifetime. I'm proud to call them friends and to have shared their journey. We had quite the time. Thanks, pilgrims. Thank you. No worries, Dan. It's our pleasure. And, and, and we'll be in touch soon, eh? Yes, no definitely. See you next time around. Indeed, we will. And next time you're in Sydney, it's my shout. No Sounds worries. Like <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All the best. Bye-bye now. Thanks. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. That's all we have time for this week. Thank you for your company. I really appreciate it. One of my pilgrim friends on Facebook shared a post last night. Claude Tranchant is author of books, uh, Boots to Bliss. Boots to Bliss, an account of her 100-day Camino. The book is outstanding, and she wrote, After walking 12 hours that day, a special event at Bessianos del Real Camino. After the communal meal, we went to the chapel for the benediction. And in the small chapel, everyone talked about their personal journey in their mother tongue. This exercise allowed me to see the softness of the men's hearts as they were talking their facial expressions, their tears, the sudden leap in their chests gave it all away. Over the years, they had created a small wall around their real selves and it was just starting to crumble. And in the presence of other gentle souls, they let go and started their healing process thanks to the Camino. Isn't that fantastic? (laughs) The Camino provides... And news this week, I've made some calls to book the studio to record the Camino song somewhere along the way. Watch this space, as they say. I've got to enlist some of the best musicians in Australia, and it will be epic. And I was also privileged to host the premiere of Australian filmmaker, author and blogger Bill Bennett's new film this week, PGS, Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System. So just go to www.pgsthemovie.com to see the trailer, pgsthemovie.com. It's awesome. You'll love it. And Bill poses the question, is it possible to live your entire life purely by listening to the voice in your head? You can play a part in seeing it at your local theatre. It's via a concept called Fan Force. If you want to see the picture, you go to fan-force.com and register your interest, okay? You then use social media to promote your screening of the film. It doesn't cost you anything. Ticket sales cover the price of presenting the film. You simply begin the process by registering your interest at fan-force.com, and if enough people are similarly interested, the cinema will show the film. Do it, and you can thank me later. I'm Dan Mullins, and I have the best job in the world, talking to you and others about the spirit of the Camino de Santiago. Doesn't get any better than that. 
Until next week, buen camino.